I'm excited about it. John chapter 9, verse 1. When you have it, say amen. amen. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had spoken, when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing the neighbors therefore and they which before had seen him that was blind said is this not is not this he that sat and begged ain't that the guy that was begging some said, yeah, that's him. This is he. Others said, he looked just like him, child. I don't know who that is. He is like him. But he said, I am he. He spoke up. I want to talk to you for the next few minutes about full display Full display, let us pray. Oh God in heaven, we come to you in this moment, Lord, humbly seeking your face, humbly, God, bowing our will down in submission to yours. Speak, Lord, for your servants hear thee. We need a word from you, Lord. We need clarity from you, Lord. We need direction from you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you're going to provide. Thank you, Lord, for being on our side. Thank you, Lord, for letting us make it over the dangerous highways and byways. Thank you for letting us make it over the dangerous highway. Thank you, Lord, for just being on our side and speaking to us today. Now, God, we just give you praise for what's going to happen today. Let somebody's life be changed for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Full display. Full display. I think I skipped the verse. Verse 3. Did I skip it? 
I read it? Okay, I was just so excited, I didn't know. I'm just jumping all over. Human beings are creatures of habit. We are creatures of habit. I guarantee you, all of you in here can pretty much name your daily routine. You can pretty much go verbatim. In fact, you probably don't even realize it that you do it so much, you probably can't even really say what it is. You probably have to think about it because you become so robotic, it's so automatic, you don't really give thought to what you do on a daily basis. But there is something, when you get out of bed, you remember that, do anybody remember the time you used to just jump out of the bed, now you just kind of sit and give some thought? Then you'd be like, all right, all right, let's go. All right, I might as well get on up. Let's go. Yeah, but there was a day you should just jump out that bed and just go right on to the next thing. But now you just a little thought. I got to prepare myself for it. Ooh, it's cold in here. I got to prepare myself. And if you like us, I, I like it. I like it nice and chill in the house. Nice little snowflakes, icicles around the house. That's some good sleep right there. Glory to God. But we're all creature of, creatures of habit. We all have these routines that we, we go by, especially on a day like today. Some of us, we got the, our Sunday routine. You go, you go to church, you're going to go to lunch, and then from lunch, you're going to go home, you're going to get that house nice and right, and you're going to fake like you're going to watch a movie, but then the movie going to watch you because the itis going to hit. And it's just the same thing every week. And that's just your routine. And there's nothing wrong with having a routine, but the reality is how many people are trying to act as though they're not a creature of habit. All of us, to some degree, are creatures of habit. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're all creatures of habit. We all have a routine because being a creature of habit, being a creature of a routine, you do what feels right to you, you do what feels normal, you do what feels comfortable to you. Studies say that there are three types of people in this world, those who make things happen, those who watch things happen, and those who wonder what happens. But I think we all must confess that the reality is that in different stages in our life, on different days, sometimes we can be one of those three people on any given day. The reality is nobody is all of one thing. There are some days you're going to make some things happen. There are some things you're going to watch. Some days you're going to watch some things happen. And there are some, thing, some days you're going to just wonder what is happening. I've been reading uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, and, and in chapter 3, verse 1, you probably know it verbatim. In verse 1, it says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven." Then it goes down to verse 7. It says, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak. So in every one of our lives, there is a certain time that you must adhere to. And you got to be willing to, as we say, read the room and know what time it is and know when it's a time to speak, it's a time to make some things happen. It's some time to just sit back and wonder what's going on. And before you come up with a conclusion, let's gather all the facts. Here's one thing that I want you to know that, it, that it's been so true, what I've always heard. You cannot make great uh, decisions with poor information. 
So before you get ready to make a great decision, make sure that you have all of the necessary information so that you can make an informed decision. And just, you know, just to be a bit topical, a couple of weeks ago, I'm sure we all were inundated on social media with, with us looking for this young lady in Alabama. And the reality is, while I was really concerned and I actually was praying for her, I did not join the social media fury in getting involved because something in my spidey senses said, pray for her. But let's just hold off just a little while longer. It's just me. Maybe that's the, the pessimistic person in me. But I said, hold on, let's just see. Just, just, let's just gather the facts. And, and, and while the facts were coming out and we saw that it was all a, a hoax and a, and a ruse and a charade, I, I felt bad for those who really need the help now, who are now going to be looked at with this sense of, of doubt and now going to be looked at and questioned because somebody else took it upon themselves to cause a nationwide panic because you just needed a break. So sometimes it's not it's not good to just immediately jump to conclusions and immediately jump to another person's side. Let's let's gather the facts. Let's 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 ask some hard questions. Let's let's sit back and and just take an aerial view of what's going on and what's being said and, and logically process it and not just go off of uh, your sure emotions because sometimes emotions can lie. And emotions can get us in trouble. There was an old song, Emotions Make Us Cry Sometimes. I've got to be old. You don't know that song. That's a, that's a down south. I'm, I guess I'm the only Texas guy in here, so okay. I'll be by myself. I understand that. I, I don't mind being singled out. But there are times when, when you have to sit back and you wonder, Lord, what is going on? And so you, you want to take action. You don't want to be somebody that just lets stuff happen to you. But, but before you take action, you got to kind of gather yourself and try to figure out. I'm trying to figure out exactly what is going on. Before, before I take action, Lord, I just need some clarity as to what I'm taking action about because I don't even really know how to aim my guns. I don't really know how to aim my energies and aim my efforts. And, Lord, I'm trying to figure out how to best solve this problem, how to best solve this and bring this to a resolution. But, but the reality is I'm stuck in a place of unknowing and I'm stuck in a place where, where I cannot figure out, Lord, why is this happening to me? How is this happening to me? I, I didn't think that this would happen to me, not at this stage of my life, not, not in who I am right now, not, not as, 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 as high as you have brought me, not right now I'm trying to climb. How could this be happening to me? Is there anybody else you just felt that it, every now and again you'll get hit with something or you got stuck with something and now you're trying to figure out, Lord, everything was going along good and all of a sudden I'm trying to figure out now, Lord, what does this mean? I'm trying to figure this out, Lord. I don't, I don't question you. My great-grandmother would never allow us to ask God questions. She, she was raised in a church where you, and, and in a day where you don't ask God questions. And so while I understand that I'm not questioning your sovereignty, I'm just needing, I just need this answer because you are my father and I'm coming to you like a child. And so I just need clarity so I know how to address it. And, and, and I'm asking you, Lord, what am I going to do with this? And how am I going to get out of this? And what does this mean? And how did the... 
How did this person turn on me? And how did this job let me go? And how did this house get into foreclosure? And Lord, I'm just trying to ask questions about how do I understand the times I'm in? And instead of God clearing his throat and giving you an answer, he says nothing. Oh, to be stuck in the silence of God. To be walking around in the silence of God. Good morning. How you doing? And you lie. Say, I'm fine. But really, you walk away and your insides feel like a crumbled paper bag. And you don't know, Lord, what am I doing here? And I see y'all doing good. Y'all going to eat and y'all look happy and everything looks wonderful. And I'm saying, Lord, I, I want that. I'm lying and say I have it because I got a safe face, but the reality is, Lord, what am I doing here again? Have you ever just walked around in a silence and you, you looked for him and you read your word and you read the scripture and, and his word is his word is an organism and it's always breathing, but the reality is you just read it and it's really just reading pages on a book and on uh, words on a page because it's really, it's good, but it ain't hitting you in the place you need it to hit you. And you come to church and then even the preacher say, God's going to do this. And you dance around and you throw your money on the altar and you shout and you go back to your car. Say, well, I did it by faith. I hope today. It's really the day things going to turn around. You know, does anybody really remember, do you, do you, not do you remember, because some of us don't want to remember. You remember the year 2020? Anybody remember that? 2020? 2020. What a year. Boy, we all danced on that, didn't we? Yeah. Got a new, we're going into a new decade. 2020, going to be a year like none other. We didn't know, we didn't know quite how it was. Everybody hit that 2021, 20, 22. <laughs> okay. All right now. Let's see what happens this time. 2020, we got hit with a global pandemic. And then in the height of COVID, they began to do what was called contact tracers. Contact tracing. For those who may not be aware, is when you are diagnosed, when you are, or when you test positive, now we need to go back and trace whom all you've been around to see who you exposed and who you were around to see where you got the disease from, this virus from, because we were all trying to figure out how did you get the virus? What? company did you keep that got you the virus? And we were all trying to understand and figure out how did you get it and what can I do to avoid it? Was it, were you in a grocery store too much? So we had our groceries delivered. Were you around too many people? Did you go to the restaurant and they didn't wash the utensils good? Did, did the waitress not really wear a mask? And were you on a bus line and, and somebody on there coughed and you heard them cough or you, you were in public and you heard them sneeze and so you're just going back in your mind. You, you're trying to trace how did you get it? Somebody else in your life is trying to figure out how did you get it? I thought you were so safe, but with that one time you went to 
the store. You remember you heard that man in the back coughing, and I knew I should have left then, but you're trying to figure out and understand how did I get it, and so you're, now you're trying to do this contact tracing back to this virus to understand how in the world could you have gotten this virus if you were playing it so safe? How did you get infected with this thing that was everywhere? And you played it safe and you took your vitamins and you did, you took all of the precautions. You socially distanced, you wore masks, you wore gloves, and still you're trying to figure out, we're trying to figure out how you got it because I'm trying to figure out how to avoid it. And everybody was doing contact tracing. In my text this morning, Jesus is going down the road and there's this blind man begging. And the disciples asked him a question. They say, Master, who sinned that this man was born blind? Him or his parents? They're trying to do contact tracing because in the Jewish tradition, they, they believe that if you were born with an infirmity, there had to be a sin somewhere. There had to be something so egregious in your bloodline that God was now judging your offspring. So you had to have done something so bad now that other people, when they see your family member that's inflicted, we, you, don't, you don't have to lie to me and tell me that, that you all are crystal clear and that you're white as snow because that cousin over there is a reminder of the sins your uncle committed and the sins your granddad committed. So they believe that if this man was born blind, he was born blind because somebody down the line had done something. And as I kept reading, I thought, Wait a minute, the question doesn't even make sense. Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? I want to make a side note that every question does not deserve your response. Every question, because you got to listen to this again, and I want you to hear this. The disciples asked Jesus, who sinned that this man was born blind? This man or his parents? How could this man sin if he wasn't born yet? I get if you ask the parents or the grandparents, but you're so busy trying to figure out and point a blame to somebody that you're even blaming a child who hasn't come into the world yet. Did you sin in your mother's womb or was it your parents? And God said, every question doesn't deserve your response because every question doesn't make sense. So before you get to responding to some things, I want you to take time and sit back and analyze the question. Analyze the question. The Bible, not, not, not the Bible. Old folks say a fool argues by himself. What, what sense does it make? Did this man sin or did his parents sin? How am I going to sin? I know I'm born in sin, shaped in iniquity. 
But what am I going to do wrong in the womb that I was born blind? What did I steal? Did I lie? Did I cuss? How, did, how, how am I born blind because of something I did? See, I want, you to, I want you to analyze the questions that are before you because sometimes people are going to challenge you just to get you to respond to them. Again, I said it last week, and almost this is almost a, a, a coupling and a sister message to last week, that every question does not deserve your response. Everybody doesn't deserve your response. You responding to them is validation that they matter to you. You give them too much energy, and you're validating them by answering and responding to them with a question that doesn't make sense anyway. But because you want to respond, because you got to get it off your chest, because your ego will not let you take the high road and be silent and just walk away and be the bigger person, now you got to respond. No, I didn't sin. My parents didn't sin. Of course you didn't sin. You were in the womb. But see, they want to get you on their side to now you're equal to them because you're arguing with them. Sometimes the best response is silence. I want you to write this down. Silence cannot be quoted. Silence cannot be quoted. If you think I'm a fool, then you're going to think it by yourself. I'm not going to prove you right by answering a dumb question. You answering these people, you responding to these people with questions that make absolutely no sense. But because you got to say something, you got to have the last say because you were raised not to just walk away. Because you were raised, you got to get it off your chest. Now you look just like a fool by arguing with this person about did you sin in the womb? Just something to think about. Jesus said, neither man, neither this man sinned nor his parents. Uh, this is why you can't respond. Thank you, Lord. When I was reading that, sometimes it's better to let God respond. Let God respond. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still. You don't have to respond to everything. You don't have to uh, let your point be known. Sometimes it's just better to stand still and let the Lord fight your battles. Sometimes it's better to let just God do the shining and you just sit there and just be in silence and let God speak up for you. I know you were wronged. I know you feel like you need to get your say, but let, you, let God be God and you just stand there and trust him that he's going to do your responding for you. You don't have to respond. See, if you respond, God has no room to respond. But if you just stand back and just say, I'm going to let my daddy do the talking for me. It's like you walking into a store with your kid and somebody come and ask your kid a question. Now, what would it look like for you as a parent for somebody to come question your child and you standing right there? No, you're going to back them up and say, no, you're going to talk directly to me. I'm the parent. No, let him, let, let him stay in that cart. I don't know who you need to talk to, but who you need to talk to is right here. We right here, player. You ain't got to talk to nobody else, okay? And that's how God says, if you're going to question my child, let me do the talking. You sit back. You, be, you stay in a child's place. Ain't that what we say? You stay in a child's place. I'm going to stand back and I'm going to fight this battle for you. Glory to God. But Jesus said, this was done 
so that the works of God could be made manifest in him. Manifest in him. I love that because he said, I, this was done so the works of God could be shown off, displayed, put on display, put on a trophy, a trophy case in him. That's the reason why he allowed this blindness to take place and to take hold in your life. So that the works of God could be made manifest in you. The works of God could be made manifest in you so that the works of God could be on full display in you. That's why. That's why he let you suffer like that. That's why he let you go through that. So that the works of God could be made manifest in you. Just thank you, Lord. As your afflictions were on full display, the Lord said your blessing is going to be on full display. But I cannot put it on display if I don't do it in you. I had to put you through that. I allowed you to go through this blindness so that the works that I have for you could be on full display in you. Some people are saying, Lord, why would you put me through this? It seems so cruel. Why would you, why would you, why would you just let me do this? Couldn't you, isn't there another way you could have shown your works? And he said, yeah, I could have. But if, if I would have bypassed you with this test, then you, you, the glory that you would have had would have been your own. It wouldn't have been me. See, because what I'm doing in your life is I am doing something in your life that only I can do. If, if I don't put something in your life that only I can do, then you can glory at the works of your own hands. But I'm going to put you in such a predicament where it makes absolutely no sense and the people are going to question, how could you be such a man of God? How could you be such a woman of God and walk around blind? How could God call you and you walking around blind? How could God call you and you walking around broke? How could God call you and your house is in disarray? How could God call you and your job is going crazy? How could God call you and here you are, proclaiming to be a man of God, proclaiming to be a woman of God, and here you are walking around blind, and Jesus said, you didn't sin, there was nothing you did that caused this, there was nothing that people around you did that caused this, I did it, I allowed you to go through that, so my works can be made manifest in you. Glory to God. In you. I wanted to show the treasures I have hidden in you. I got by before that. For these earthen vessels, we have treasure in these earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of God may be of God and not of us. I got another one for you. Colossians 1 and 27. To whom God 
would have made known which is the richest of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God's trying to show you what you have on the inside. I want to manifest my works in you. So I'm allowing you to go through this series of tests and I'm allowing you to go through this season of blindness so I can show you what I have on the inside of you. Is this okay? This blind man, this blind man dealt with this all of his life. He was blind all of his life. And I don't know how old the man was. It doesn't say. It doesn't say how old the man was. So he could have been blind 30 years. He could have been blind 25 years. He could have been blind 40 years. But he had an encounter with the Savior. And the Lord said, and I'm about to get happy now. I'm sorry, I'm about to get excited. I told you I've been waiting on you all week. This is what the Lord wanted me to tell you. He said, it doesn't matter how long you've been dealing with that thing. It doesn't matter how long the issue has been in front of you. It doesn't matter how long you've been walking around in the blindness. Here's the good, here's the good news. See, man wants to say, okay, well, you've been dealing with it this long. You should be okay with it now. Man would say, you've been dealing with it that long. You should do something now that, 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 that helps and that, that you can get through this. It, it appeases you in this moment. It's just to get, it's just to get by until, until things get better. And, and so you should learn. You should now compromise with this, with this infirmity. You've been blind all your life, so this man now has gone to begging. And, and the Lord said, the thing that you've been dealing with, I don't care how long you've been dealing with it. You've been dealing with it for a year. You've been dealing with it for the last 40 years. You've been dealing with it for the last 20 years. This is what I want you to know. And this is a prophetic word. I don't know who this is for. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're in here. The Lord said, I have been patiently waiting. Listen to this. I have been patiently waiting for you and your problem to meet up with the promise I have in your life. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. What? He said, wait a minute. Call Jeremiah as a witness. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and I proclaimed thee to be a prophet. I sanctified you. I set you apart. Before I knew thee, before you were formed, in your mother's belly, before I formed you in the belly, before I formed, before your great grandmother made your great grandfather, before the foundations of the earth, I already knew you. I already knew that one day you were going to come up with your problem and going to meet my promise. And I came to tell you. That your problem has finally met the time where the promise of God was set for your life. I don't know who that's for. Your problem has a line of demarcation 
already set for it. And God said, I already set a time limit on that problem. It's just waiting for the problem to meet up with the promise. The promise has already been set before you came here into this world. I already had an end date. I had an expiration date. I had a date where that problem could go no further. And the Lord said, I don't know who this is for, but your problem has finally met up with my promise. And because your problem has met up with my problems, now get ready to see the thing you've been praying about. Get ready to see the thing you've been asking me for. Get ready to see the deliverance you've been asking me for because your problem finally met up to the end and where I have the promise for you. I dare you to praise God for that. God said there's been a line of demarcation where the promise could not go past a certain date. The problem could not go past a certain date. The problem that you are experiencing could not go past a certain date. I had a line that that problem could not cross. I had a date where that problem could not cross. I had a timeline. It's already stamped. It's been stamped in heaven where that problem cannot cross that line. And I came to tell you, I don't care how long you've been in it. I don't care how long you've been dealing with it. I don't care how long you've been frustrated. I don't care how people say you should quit and walk away. The Bible says that this man came to Jesus and he begged him and Jesus healed him. Jesus put him on full display. I don't care. You've been dealing with it since childbirth. You've been dealing with it and everybody around you is wondering how could you be in this situation? How could God call you and now look at you walking around blind? How could God call you and look at you walking around frustrated? And I came to tell you don't worry. That problem you have cannot cross over a certain line and today is the day where the Lord is going to deliver you today is the day where the Lord is going to put you on full display today is the day he's going to put his works that are inside of you on full display and show you why you have to go through certain things show you why you have to experience certain things I'm getting ready to manifest my power on you in you and I'm going to get ready to put it on full display full display full display full display I'm getting ready to manifest the power I have in you on full display the works of God on full display full display. I don't know who that's for, but God said he's getting ready to do it and put you on full display. You've been on full display walking around blind, walking around begging, and it got here's the thing. Here's the thing. Some of you are really prideful and really private and some of the problems you've had have leaked outside of your house some of the issues you've had have leaked outside of your house and Lord I didn't want this to get out I tried to keep it inside I tried to keep it in the house I tried to keep it where nobody would know what was going on and suddenly it got out I told one person to pray for me or oh, it got out and now everybody knows what's going on Lord and now all of my troubles are on full display Lord 
I don't know, Lord, how this got out. I'm private. I don't want everybody to be in my business, Lord. But everybody now knows what's going on. And now when I go to the family reunions or I get on the call with a family member, I get, it's like the elephant is in the room. They want to ask me about it, but I don't want to talk about it. So they'll call somebody else and talk to them about what's going on with me. And Lord, my life is on full display. And the Lord said, because that issue, I allowed that issue to be on full display. What I'm about to do in your life is also going to be on full display. What I'm about to do in your life is also going to be on full display so that when you, when you get the deliverance, everybody that refers to you now has to use the past tense to refer to you. I think you missed it. Everybody that refers to you and that problem has to use the past tense. Isn't that the man who was blind? Isn't that the woman who was blind? Isn't that the marriage that was in trouble? I don't know who this is for, but the Lord said all of your problems now, you're going to have to refer to them in the past tense because I'm getting ready to put your deliverance on full display right out there in the open. Isn't that the one who was going through all that trouble? Isn't that the one who almost got the house foreclosed? Isn't that the one who lost their house? Isn't that the one who lost their car? Isn't that the one whose kid went crazy and started acting a fool? You say, yeah. They say that looked like her, but look at her now dancing. Look at him now praising God. I know that can't be the same person I've seen out there begging. And some people are going to say, yeah, that's them, but yeah, that looked like them. And the Lord says, speak up and say, yeah, that's me. That's me. It's me. I'm the man. I'm the woman. And I like to call it peacock with it. Throw them, throw them feathers right on up. That was me. That was me. That was me. Yeah, I was blind. I was in trouble. I didn't know how I was going to make it. I thought I was going to lose my mind. I thought I was going to lose the car. I thought I was going to lose my wife. I thought I was going to lose my house. I thought I was going to lose everything. But look at me now. I'm right back where I was. I look at me now. I'm walking around in the blessing God has for me. God said, I'm going to put you on full display. Here's a caveat. Here's the caveat. Jesus approached the man. He went down. He spat in the ground. He made mud. Put it on the man's eyes. Then he told him to go wash. Here's your part of it. If the man would have bucked at the system, because think about this. I ask you to heal my eyes. You not only did not heal my eyes. I know some people you just spoke to. Some people you just opened up their eyes. And you said, Be, receive your sight. And they received it. But for me, you didn't do that. I asked you to make this thing better, but it got worse. Not only am I still blind, now I'm dirty. You put 
mud on my eyes. You put dirt on me. And instead of me coming out of this thing, I ask you to heal my eyes. Give me sight. You put filth on me. Why? Make me filthier than I am. Why? Make things harder now than before I asked. Seemed to me you should have just said, open your eyes. Look, why would you, why would you put me through this again? I got my hopes up that you were going to heal my eyes. That's the reason I came to you. I got my hopes up that this is the same Jesus that walked on water, the same Jesus that made the, that blessed the two fish and five loaves. This is the same Jesus that spoke to the dead girl and said, to light thy kumi, and she got up. This is the same Jesus that just healed people by speaking. And instead of doing that, you got down played in some dirt, made mud, and put it on my eyes. Here's what you need to understand. Last week we talked about the fact that he put his, your natural with his super. This week he kind of flipped it. Yes, Jesus could have spoken to the man. When he put the mud on his eyes, he was still just as blind as he was the moment he asked, before he asked. The healing that the man needed was not in the mud. It was not in the pool. It was in his obedience. It was in his obedience Jesus said, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Take this moment and trust me blindly and feel your way and trust me that today's the day of your deliverance, but it's going to take some, some discipline on your part. Can you trust me when things feel like they've gotten worse instead of better? Now I got this grungy mud running down my face. I already can't see, but now, now I feel the dirt gravels on my face. And I feel this mud sliding off of my eyes. And now I got to go wash myself in I wanted you to speak to me and make me better. I wanted the instantaneous miracle. Jesus said, you're going to get it. But you got to trust me for a moment longer in the dark and just trust the strategy I have for you. That's why the works of God are made manifest in him. Because as you trust me, 
to walk between the walking and the washing, all of it is going to take your strength. I'm going to heal you with your hands taking the mud off your eyes. I'm going to heal you. It's going to be your feet that walks down to the pool. It's going to be your hands that dips the water out. It's going to be your hands that wipes the mud off your eyes. But as you're wiping, you're going to begin to see. As you're wiping, your vision is going to be cleared up. As you're wiping, the thing you asked me for is going to be delivered unto you. But it's going to take you actually trusting me in the walk. And not judging your deliverance based on somebody else. I could have spoke to you. But there's something else I'm teaching you. There's something else I'm teaching you. I'm building you from the inside. I'm showing you the treasure I have inside of you. The treasure to walk in the darkness. To trust me when it makes no sense. Just speak to me. Just heal my eyes. That's all I'm asking you to do. Why put more on me? Say, just trust me. Just trust me. That I got something more for you. Trust me when you cannot trace me. Trust me when you cannot understand me. Trust me with the mud on your eyes. But I'm using your hands. And you're going to get the deliverance you've been asking for. The Lord said he's going to speak to you. And he's going to deliver you. But he's going to use your hands. And he's going to put you on full display. Is this not the woman who was blind? Isn't that the one? Isn't that the man? Yeah. That was me. That was me. God said, I'm going to use you. Nobody else believed in you, I do. Nobody else encouraged you, I do. Nobody else said you were good enough, I do. Nobody ever talked to you and said you were strong enough to make it, I will. I put treasures in that earthen vessel. I put treasure in that stinky thing. I put treasure inside of you. Nobody else wanted. Nobody else. Everybody else walked away and said you're not going to be a thing you're going to amount to nothing you're going to be just like your uncle now you're going to be just like the rest of us in the family you're going to be just like the rest of the people you grew up around and God said I put something down on the inside of you and I'm going to give you the promise because that promise has a date on it that it has to start. And that's the day that that problem stops.
problem is going to stop once you finally dip your hands in it. In the water. And wipe the mud off your eyes. This is not as much of a test about sight as it is about trust. The Lord said there are some of you who have been hurt by people and you take it out on me. You take it out on me and you secretly do not trust me because of the way other people have mishandled you. And other people have said that they are on my side and they have manipulated you and mishandled you and they took your issue and they manipulated it. God said, that's not me. He said, I'm sorry that that happened to you. I am sorry that they hurt you. I'm sorry that they broke your heart. I'm sorry that they didn't live up to what we wanted them to live up to. You believed in them and they did not live up to it and secretly I get the punishment for their sins. But the Lord said today, I want to heal you. I want to heal you from that broken heart. Now, if you break up with somebody in the natural, there is no healing that can instantaneously take place by man's doing. But God said, this is a spiritual heartbreak. God said, I want to heal your heart from what somebody else calls you, who said they represented me. I'm going to ask you stand to your feet and I'm going to ask you to lift your hands in worship because the Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here to heal you, to liberate you, to set you free. He is here. He's here. He is here. Blind man, lift your hands and receive it. You got it's gonna take your hands for this deliverance. It's gonna take your hands to set you free. I'm gonna put the mud on, but you're gonna do the washing.
it's going to take you. It's going to take action on your part. I'm going to set you free. Because I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord. There is nobody else like me. I am God and God alone. I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord, your healer. Allow me to heal you. Wash the mud off of your eyes so you can see clearly. Wash the mud off of your eyes so you can understand. Wash the mud off of your eyes. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord, your healer. I sent my word and healed your dis-ease. I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord. 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 Sweet this place, Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. This is, not this is not your emotions. You may not be used to it, but this is the presence of God. This is the reason why you come to church. Yeah, you can feel it at home, but this is a corporate worship experience where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. If your answer walked in the room, how would you respond? Because your answer is here. If your answer, the thing you've been praying for, if it walked into the room, if it entered your row, if it sat down next to you, how would you respond? Because it's here. It's here. He's here. The king is here. The king is here. The king is here. The king is here. The king. He's who we've been waiting for. He's why we came. You didn't come to hear from me. You didn't come to hear the singers. You came for a touch. You came for him, and he's here. Receive it. 
Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Open up your heart, man. Open up your spirit, man. Open up your mind, sis. He's here. He's here. You can be set free today. Wipe the mud off of your eyes and walk in the freedom. Walk in the newness that he has for you. Glory. This was done so that the works of God may be made manifest in you. This was done. God allowed you to go through that so that the works of God may be made manifest in you. Not next to you, not on your street, not down the road from you, not in your city, not, in your, not just in your family. In you. This is done so God can work in you, can show his power in you, can manifest himself in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Inside of you, the scared you, the little boy you, inside of you, the nervous you, the frantic you, the anxious you, the one who wrestles at night and wonder, Lord, will I make it? Lord, am I enough? Can I actually do this thing? Did you really call me here? It was easier back then. But he said, I'm calling you out because I'm going to make my works manifest in you. 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 God's going to give you strategy for where to go and wash that mud off at. God's going to give you strategy. God's going to give you strategy. This week, the Lord said he's going to give you a plan. A plan for your deliverance. This service is an indication if you're watching, if you're here. God drew you here because there's mud on your eyes. You ask him to heal you and you came in here, everybody in this room and watching online, you got mud on your eyes right now and the person next to you doesn't even know it. And this week, the Lord said, go wash that mud off. He's going to give you strategy. He's going to direct you to the pool. He's going to wake you up with revelation as to where to wash this mud off. 
He's going to give you peace. 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 Isn't that not the man? Yeah, that's me. But you got to use everything that you describe me in in past tense. Because now I'm walking around. I can see. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, you brought us here today with mud on our eyes. I thank you, Lord, for giving us the strength to wash that mud off, giving us the strength to cleanse ourselves from our past, cleanse ourselves from what once held us down, cleanse ourselves from what used to embarrass us because it was on full display. That problem that we had that was on full display. I thank you, Lord. Now you're putting your promise, your healing, your deliverance. You're setting us free and you're putting the deliverance on full display. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, clap your hands. Full display. Clap your hands for your freedom. Quickly, I want you to sow in the word of God. I want you to sow. Whether you have your tithe, your offering, I want you to sow it. If you need a card, if you need an envelope, let us know. But there's an anointing in this room. Some of you need to sow towards the vision you have. Some of you need to sow out of your business. Some of you, some of you, God is challenging you to go beyond what you normally do because God has something. I'm telling you, I've been having this burden of this message all week long. There is something happening. There is something happening. There is something happening. There is something happening. And I'm and I really, I'm like, Lord. Is this really what you have for me? It sounds like what I preached last week. And if you didn't watch last week, you should go back and watch it. Your nets are too predictable, but you need to sow. You, you, you. God said, I'm doing something. I am showing you. Last week, we talked about Peter pulling the nets in with his own hands. This week, the Lord challenged you to go to the pool and use your hands and wash the mud off of your eyes. What is, what is God saying? God is saying, I put something down on the inside of you, and I want you to realize what I have inside of you, and I'm going to manifest the strength I have put down on the inside of you that the deliverance, the next chapter in your life, you're going to bring it in with the works of your own hands by God's strength. God is going to use his super, your natural, to draw it in. There's going to be business concepts. There's going to be books. There's going to be ideals. Some of you are getting ready to, you are, are too afraid to apply for a position. You are too afraid to apply for a promotion. But God said, I'm going to use your hands for your deliverance. 
Because if I keep giving you miracle after miracle after miracle and blessing after blessing, then you become like a small child and you never learn. He said, but I'm going to use your hands. So that they say, wait a minute, how you just got there because God did this? Yeah, but God did it in me. God used my hands to do it. This, I wasn't just given this. I earned this. I earned this praise. I earned this. This wasn't just handed to me. I earned this thing. And if you earn it, nobody can easily take it away. They can't take it away if you earn it. But if somebody just give it to you, then you don't know what it takes to get it. You don't know what it takes to keep it. So God said, I'm going to use your hands so that when the enemy comes in, you say, no, no, devil, you're not going to take this thing. I fought too hard for this. I cried too hard for this. I worked too hard. I had to go and you have mud on my eyes and wash my eyes out. But I did it because God gave me strength to do it. And if he gave me strength to do it, he's going to give me strength to keep it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lift your hands. Father, we consecrate every seed, every tithe, every offering. We consecrate it back to you, God. And we give this back to you, God. As you have given to us, we give to you. And Lord, I thank you for pressed down, shaking together, running over, blessing in the lives of your people. I thank you for responding in ways that money cannot buy. Some people are sowing, God, and they need answers that money cannot buy, money cannot get. And I thank you, Lord, for answering your people, God. I thank you, Lord, for doing a press down, shaking together, running over. Blessing, miracle. I thank you for a harvest on this seed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Javen, wave your hand. Javen will pick up any of those paper envelopes. My wife and I, we're going to come down. If you feel like this is your church home, you want to make Grateful Heart your church home, we're going to come down and give you the right hand of fellowship. Anybody glad you came to church today? Good. I believe in you. I believe in you. Oh, we believe. Oh, you ain't got no mic on. I believe in you. We believe in you. We believe in you. We believe in you. There is no weapon formed against you that's going to be able to prosper. None. None. Nothing. The enemy will try, will be able to stop what God is doing in your life. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. This is what I, this is the last thing. This is the last thing. I, I promise this is the last thing. But I, I don't want you to leave without this. This, this is our motto for the week. Hold on, because we're going to put a rhyme, we're going to put a rhythm to it. The Lord gave me this in a rhythm. I, I hear things going. I was blind. When people ask you something, I was blind. But now I see. Look what the Lord has done through me. I was blind. But now I see, look what the Lord has done through me. And you need to say it again. I was blind, but now I see, look what the Lord has done through me. See, I like to rhyme. I was blind, but now I see, look what the Lord has done through me.
Glory to God. We're going to pray and get out of here. But that's your motto for the week. I was blind, but now I see. Look what the Lord has done through me. Glory to God in the heart. Huh? Let's bow your head. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for doing exceedingly abundantly above all we may ask or think, God. I thank you, Lord, that as we leave this place, but never your presence, God. I thank you, Lord. We're going to walk into new strategies, God. I thank you, Lord. We're about to walk in the newness that is you, God. And I thank you, Lord, for new concepts, new ideals. And I thank you, Lord, that we were blind, but now we see. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Love on somebody. Shake somebody's hand. We'll see you next week. Praise God. We love your online audience. Glory to God.